I don't know what I thought my 150th episode would be about. I don't even know if I ever thought about it, but I know that if somebody was like, your 150th episode is going to be about the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade, I'd be like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then I was like, let me go report, let me just go drop this podcast episode off and looked and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the 150th episode. First, thank you. Because if you're listening to the 150th episode, it's likely that there is an episode before the 150th episode that you have likely listened to. A debt of gratitude to you for being my friend and listening to my podcast. Thank you. What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Saul, the podcast. I really don't know what people thought this was going to be. And a couple of people asked me if I was going to say something. I thought about what I might say. And then I realized that sometimes, you know, when like there's a really controversial subject and you talk around it and you create opportunities for thinking outside of the box and you realize that people might not really understand how you really feel. So I might surprise some of you all in this episode if you know me, because the reality of my life is that it is anchored in Jesus Christ, and I have some relatively conservative viewpoints. Now, I wouldn't stop listening because of that, because I also believe it's my obligation to move in empathy uh, and to affirm people's humanity in a way that sometimes I feel like Christian systems, even those that I am a part of, fail at, okay? So I want to just begin by recognizing a couple of things if we're going to have this discussion about abortion. And we're talking about Roe versus Wade, and I'll talk a little bit more about what I view that to be. But the first thing I think is important to note is that no man will ever be able, no, no, well, what's the best way of saying this? No man, no person, male person will ever be able to say something like, today the government regulated my reproductive rights. And so I realized that even talking about this subject represents a form of privilege. Uh, I'm recognizing that. I also recognize that the foundation for which many of these governing bodies that we're talking about, the Supreme Court, the Congress, all these things, these people, these bodies, governing bodies, they are, well, their foundation 
in the creation of their foundation, the core of their foundation is anti-woman, anti-black, anti-brown, anti-anything essentially that is not white male. So I do recognize that. I also recognize that, I recognize that our religious systems have completely and utterly failed women by objectifying their bodies. Uh, we failed women by making them the object of public scrutiny. Um, we have failed them by making, building systems on their back and then causing them to fight for equity, even though they are responsible for the success of these very patriarchal systems. Uh, we have a problem in this particular area. And then also, I think it's important as a theologian and as a human to know that scriptural interpretation has been radically inequitable when it comes to women. And we have quite frankly, not done our due diligence to rectify the bad theology that it has been spewed generations and generations and generations that binds and hampers and manages and, and curates the identity of women. So the system has failed. It's it birthed in patriarchy. The political system, the church system, all these systems are birthed in a patriarchy that dis, oh, dis, dishonors God's creation and the humanity of women. So we cannot even begin this conversation without acknowledging that that is a state of our world when it comes to discussions about women's bodies. Let me just also give you a little bit, uh, cause maybe you're like, what's Roe versus Wade? Like, what is this whole discussion about? Let me give you some foundational information that I think is important. So essentially last week in a six to three decision, the Supreme Court overruled the, well, two cases, uh, Roe, which was decided in 1973, and then they also overruled a 1992 decision, uh, which was Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which essentially reaffirmed the constitutional right to have an abortion. Uh, the ruling also came in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, and was challenged, and, and, and also it challenged the Mississippi law that imposed strict restrictions on abortion. So in layman's terms, the Supreme Court is essentially saying that it believes that the states, their elected officials, their citizens should determine its own precedent for abortion, not the federal government. So the Supreme Court says we allow for the federal we allow for these, um, for, for the federal government to make a determination about what states can do. And now we're giving that power back to state governments. So there we have it. What you're gonna see on TV and what you probably have seen on TV is this sort of like war between evangelical Christians and uh, this liberal America that, um, and, and, and to an extent, it's an attack on women's bodies, but it's also an attack on religious institutions, because when you start talking about evangelical Christians and all these different organizations, you're really talking about white folks that pro profess Christianity. But that's, that's a whole different conversation. And it's not to say 
that black folks aren't evangelicals. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying when they reference evangelicals, they're not generally talking about us, right? Um, let me read to you um, a quote from uh, a pastor here in Sacramento um, by the name of Samuel Rodriguez. He's the pastor of the New Seasons Church, very well known, uh, and he's also the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. And here's what he had to say about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. He said, the church must come alongside mothers and provide the necessary economic support that governments cannot provide. If we are celebrating this victory, we must likewise double down in providing services of compassion and outreach and support for the mothers and the children and, and, and not just in the womb, but after the baby is born. Um, what uh, Bishop Rodriguez does in his statement is highlights a few failures on the church's part. And let me just say uh, really quickly, I'm not dumping on the church. I'm a part of the church. I'm a proud member of the church. I'm a part of the body of Christ. My critique of the body of Christ, my critique of the church is in a sense, the critique that I have for myself, right? As a believer, I have a critique for myself as a believer because I recognize that I am a part of this patriarchal system that has not been honest and fair about our roles in diminishing the, 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 a woman's body, essentially. So I think it's important for me to share my own position. And then uh, after I've shared my own position, I want to share with you um, what my reformation, I'm a member of the Church of God in Christ, and I want to share with you a resolution um, that they drafted in 2019 that kind of uh, underscores my my thoughts and feelings. As, as a person who is committed to my own uh, religious beliefs very firmly, I, on, to be quite frank with you, I stand unapologetically as a person who is pro-life. My conviction is centered in my belief that should I commit, Dominique Beaumonte, should I decide to commit to biblical marriage, I believe, as the Bible says, that I become one flesh with my spouse, and together we share ownership of each other's bodies. So therefore, my conviction would know that, uh, as the Bible says, I don't have control over my own body in totality, and my spouse doesn't have control over her own, her body in totality. We have control over each other's bodies. And if we, this is, this is Dominique and, and, the, and the Beaumonte household, if we co-conspire to bring a baby into the world, my conviction, and I'm talking about me, Dominique, my conviction is that any choice about that baby whether it is in the womb or in the earth or in the tomb, any choice that is made, I am rightfully uh, and spiritually uh, responsible and committed to being a part of that decision. So I am pro-life. However, I don't necessarily project this position on those who aren't in covenant 
agreements with a spouse. I also don't, I, it's impossible for me to project my opinion on other people, right? Like I, I can say, ask me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, and this is the way that I, I look, I believe the Bible would have me to make that decision. But I realized that people are, are, have other convictions, come from other walks of life, have other perspectives on morality. Uh, I, believe, I know that there are other religions that um, see and view abortion as a, um, a part of a woman's personal health. Um, and I understand that. I'm just saying that as a person, personally, uh, I, um, I, I, I believe that um, two people who are married um, have the right to make decisions about each other's bodies. Now, how that manifests, I'm not married yet. So I don't, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, but I just, but I know what the Bible says. And that's, that is what I subscribe to. Anyway, so I do not uh, project this opinion on other people who are in covenant relationships. I do believe uh, that people have the right to make decisions about their bodies, and those decisions should not be adjudicated by a government entity. I do have a challenge with the government um, being the moral compass for families and bodies. I do have a problem with that. I think that I, I just, I, I don't understand that. Um, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. I believe that Christians have um, the responsibility to promote godly decision-making. And I also believe expressly uh, that Christians should be committed to condemning all forms of sexual immorality, especially the type of sexual immorality that dishonors a woman's body and her humanity, right? And so sometimes when we start talking about like sexual immorality, we talk about all these other little topics and subjects and we kind of skirt around the point. Um, and I think a part of that is because patriarchy tends to win the day. Um, the tension, I think, for me is wanting, I, I feel like I'm always wrestling and I'm not looking for somebody to untangle this necessarily for me, um, but I feel like I'm always wrestling between um, what it means to be pro-life, what it means to be pro-baby, what it means to be pro-mom. Um, and it's really a complex discussion, right? There is no um, clean, way of navigating this very difficult and complex discussion. It's more than just, you know, uh, uh, a, a perspective. It, 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 it's very deep. So here's how I am navigating the discussion. Um, I told you earlier that I wanted to share a little bit uh, from a resolution by the General Assembly of the Churches of God in Christ over Church of God in Christ uh, if from November of 2019. Uh, it is the resolution on the sanctity of life, uh, resolution 112019 01. Uh, and I'm going to read through some of this just to give you a little bit of insight. This information is on the Church of God in Christ website, so I'm not like sharing dirty secrets of the Church of God in Christ or exposing anything that is not already public. 
Uh, but here's what it says. Whereas the Church of God in Christ, the, the organization for which I am a member of, uh, believes the Bible to be the only inspired and infallible written word of God, and whereas the Bible clearly states that human beings are created in God's image, according to Genesis 1, 26 through 31, and that God has a special care for individuals, according to Psalm 8, verses uh, 5 through 7. Whereas the Bible clearly states that children are a blessing from the Lord, Psalm 127, 3, and Genesis 4 and 1. Further, the Bible clear the Bible is clear that life begins at conception in the womb, according to Psalm 139, verses 13 and 15, and Psalm 22, verse 10 and 11, Galatians 1, 15, Luke 1, 41, and Jeremiah 1 and 5. Additionally, modern technological advances and data confirm this Bible concept. A child in the womb is indeed a person. Whereas abortion is killing of the innocent, which is against scripture, according to Exodus 20 and 13, Psalm 106, 35 through 38, 2 Kings 17 and 17, Deuteronomy 5 and 17, and then finally Revelation 22 and 15. Abortion, according to this particular resolution, is genocide. Abortion must end to protect the lives of the unborn. The Church of God in Christ opposes elective abortions. This issue of personhood has haunted America since the Dred Scott, Plessy versus Ferguson, and Roe versus Wade decisions. Just as slavery was overturned in America, Jim Crow was defeated, and Nazi Germany was overthrown. It is our prayer that the highness industry of abortion will become morally reprehensible worldwide. Whereas we believe that the following items must be the way to deal with unplanned pregnancy while addressing the current crisis. Here it is. Proactive abstinence education for students. Two, Bible-based sexual education that supports marriage and family. Three, alternatives to abortion, adoption, family support, and education. Counseling and support for women and men who are suffering silently from post-abortion trauma, funding of clinics that provide full ranges of women's health care that excludes elective abortions, mammograms, sexually transmitted disease testing, prenatal care, parenting support, early childhood support. And then finally, increased community safety net parental support, especially from our churches to include respite child care, financial support, education, and other creative ways to support parents. Be it resolved that the Church of God in Christ is a very cons- is very concerned about the health and well-being of women. However, the killing of innocent is not health care. Therefore, be it finally resolved that the Church of God in Christ denounces the systemic destruction of human life by the way of abortion, the Church of God in Christ believes and believes in and supports the sanctity of human life. Submitted this date, November 12, 2019, the General Assembly Resolution Committee Vice Chairman, and it lists all the names of those responsible, passed by majority vote on November 12, 2019. So, we can see 
in this communication, and I'm using this communication because it reflects and represents the Reformation for which I'm a part of. You can see that in this reflection, uh, the church has a greater responsibility than just being anti-abortion. And I would go as far to say that you cannot be pro-life and be lazy and stagnant in your perspective, your vote, your resources. You cannot avoid extending those opportunities to those in need and just be blaming the Bible for your being pro-life. And we have to reconcile this conversation because too many people are hiding behind what they are calling their religious beliefs so that they continue this visceral attack on women's personhood. And we have to talk about that. The questions that I thought about reading through some of these items and watching the news and listening, I thought about two things. How are churches prepared to support pregnant women even if they're not married? And I'm not going to go into any horror stories about people's experience that I'm aware of, but I want to say that this is a very important question. If abortion is wrong and I am not married and I join your church, will I be welcome? Will I be embraced? Will I be loved? That's a question, right? And then secondly, how can the church reconcile women who it has damaged by way of bad theology and patriarchy? Because the reality is we have set some children up for failure, right? Because of the way that we treat them. I know people who have not even been able to have their baby shower at churches that they attend because they weren't married at the time that they were impregnated. Now they're members, they pay tithes, they do all the things that members do, but they they were not pregnant at the time for which they were impregnated. Therefore, they do not have access to some of the services that a traditional married person would have. The question is what kind of precedent does that set? I think it's important for us to think about how we're welcoming children into this world and is our welcoming of children into this world equitable equitable enough for people uh, to uh, make the determination that the church is not some exclusive bunch of folks. We have a problem in this area, right? Because we talk about being pro-life but we are simultaneously anti-baby and anti-mother. And if the church wants to be a relevant force in this discussion, it has to either partner with organizations like Planned Parenthood, or it has to figure out how to duplicate the services that they provide. 
And I think that that is the area for which we have failed in the past, but it's also the area for which we have the most opportunity. I believe that. I believe we have the most opportunity uh, in this particular area. So what are the, what is the, at the end of the day, we've got to check our systems. We got to check our privilege. We got to stay grounded in our conviction. Um, and we got to think critically about our response to things that either aren't in the Bible or that, you know, we just haven't sought the Lord for because there is a lot of that. Uh, I really look forward to having this discussion with other people. Um, I'm not looking to get into a debate or to argue. I want to open myself up for, you know, just some really rich dialogue about what Christians can do. And I, you can change my heart without changing my mind, right? And I think that that's the work that I'm committed to doing. How do I change people's heart? so that they become more empathetic to these very real challenges. It's not enough to tell people not to have a baby, right? We need to equip people when they have a baby to get all the services that they need to care for themselves. And quite frankly, we haven't done as well as some of the organizations that we criticize.